So good to be with you, and uh, if you haven't met me, I'm Derek Rimpey. Uh One of the things that we've been believing for is for the gospel to continue to go out and to send out church planters, and, and God has been leading me in that direction, and uh, we're going to be, I'm going to share a little bit about my heart and what, what God's doing um, in, in a second. Charlie's going to be coming up here and talking about going, being about Jesus' mission, uh, and, and I'm excited to, to be a part of that and for you guys to, uh, to be a part of that as well. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to say is just thank you. Thank you to, to this, this body, this people that has been a blessing to myself, to uh, uh, bringing in our church, Restoration City, my family. It's been a huge blessing being a part of this community, serving with you all, getting to know you all. And, and I'm sad to, to be moving on, but you know, excited uh, to be going and, and what God's calling us to. So one of the things I want to share uh, is Matthew 13, 44. So God is calling us to go to uh, Highland, Kansas. Uh, it's kind of in between here and Kansas City. It's a town of a thousand people. Uh, we're going to plant a church there and, and see what God is going to do. Making disciples, we're going to talk about. But Matthew 13, 44 says this. says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now that verse, that reality, that uh, idea here is what God really uh, did in my life when I was 19. There was a church in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, college ministry was a part of that church. Uh, Dan was a part of that. Dan and Lori uh, was one of the first people I met uh, when I was a student there. Got connected, and they were there seeking to share the gospel of the kingdom of God, sharing Christ, this treasure, with others. And I was... Uh, I'm grateful to be a, a recipient of that. Uh, God showed me, and I was able to find the treasure of Christ in His kingdom. And I went in my joy and sold everything and have been serving Him, growing in Him. He led me to come to Lincoln to help plant a church, and now going to Highland to do the same thing, to help people find the treasure of Christ and His kingdom. And and it is nothing better, nothing more worth doing, giving our life to, to, to helping people find Christ and to find His kingdom. So uh, that's really the heart of what we're doing. That's the heart of, of what God has, has called us to. And with that, I want to invite Charlie Robinson to come up and, and share with us. So my name is uh, Charlie, and I've been uh, in Sabetha, Kansas for a little bit more than 28 years. Um, I am old, right? The gray hair reflects it. Just had my seventh grandchild, little girl named Nora, right? And so, uh, yeah, she's a little cutie. And, uh, and uh, so we're going to be talking about the mission. Um, Sabetha, Kansas is a small town. Uh, not quite as small as Highland, where Derek's going. Uh, and, you know, people might look at, at, at Northridge Church, and, and uh, this is actually our sixth campus uh, church that, that we're going to have. Um, so we've planted five times, or this is the fifth time, technically. It sounds romantic, but it's not. You're going to need to pray for Derek because, I, I, you know, there's no Starbucks within 45 minutes. 
There just isn't, right? There's not even a coffee shop in, 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 in Highland, right? So he's got to go all the way to Hiawatha to get a Keurig thing or whatever, you know, at Casey's. And so, uh, it's going to be hard. Uh, there's, there's, there's no grocery store there. You know, they're going to have to travel 20 miles to the nearest grocery store. It's, it's not going to be glamorous for him. And, uh, there's, there's, it's, it's just a broken down little town. Uh, and yet there are many people. There's not really a good, solid, Bible-believing missions church really operating there. Uh, there's a college campus there with lots of college students that are unreached, about 800 that are unreached, about 1,000 that go there. Um, and so it's a, it's a great mission field. Uh, and he has answered the call. Uh, and so we're excited about that. But I want to talk to you about that this morning because we're going to go through <clears throat> some famous verses, some verses that, you know, in the olden days, you know, like when I was your age, um, uh, they, they talked about at mission conferences to psych people up, to, to go out. And if you didn't go out, you sat there and you felt guilty or, you know, or you sat there and go, well, this doesn't really apply to me. Uh, or, as my wife says, my wife is, a, is, is, is an introvert. Like way introvert, like, like way introvert. I had to keep invite, I had to keep inviting her to come to church where I was pastoring, right? It's like, really, honey, if you just show up, you can show up late, you can go home early, and basically that's what she did. And, um, a lovely woman of God, she's, she's an awesome, awesome example and raised five great girls, all who know the Lord and follow him and, and, um, and my youngest is Gracie. I think I pledged pledged her to Wayne, Wyatt, Wyatt. So, um, uh, so me and Wyatt will, will meet later. Uh, but if there's any other guys who are like 20, 25, 26 years old that you know are are are, are looking for a good godly woman, apply here. Apply here. Okay. This doesn't get like recorded or live streamed or anything, does it? Oh. Okay. I am in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so even if you're an introvert, can I just talk to you for a minute? Because I know, because my wife tells me, uh, that you sit there a lot of times on Sunday and you go, that's not for me. Right? And, and I want to stretch your brain a little bit. I want to stretch all of our brains today, uh, to, to look at the mission a little bit different. A little bit different. Some of the errors that we do is, is sometimes we come to church and we think the mission is someone else's. Like it, it belongs to the elders of the church. It belongs to Mike. It belongs to Dan. But, you know, I, I, that's not my thing. And then because somehow we think, and this is what my wife says, especially as an introvert, that, well, I don't have those gifts. I don't even know what my gifts are. So how can I be part of this mission? I just want all of us to try and lock in. Even as we share these three familiar verses, and you have the verses if you, if you have an outline, there's some outlines there. <clears throat> We're going to be filling in that. Um, there's a couple up here. If, you, if you're brave enough and you, and you want one, you don't have one to come up and get one. I'll make sure I call you out by name, so don't any introverts move. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so I want to start at the very beginning uh, with Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 through 38. These should be mostly familiar to you if you have... Uh, uh, been, been around church, 
but I don't want that to poison you just because you know it. Here you go. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep, only without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to do what? To send out laborers into his harvest. So in this first section, though this has been a a famous verse to challenge people to go out on missions, it really isn't. This, this is a challenge, especially for a church body, to send people out on mission. And send your, at least I hope, your best and your brightest, right? So we have the opportunity, uh, we just did about two weeks ago, we sent Zach Robson. This guy was a rock star. And I wanted him to stay and be one of our pastors, but we couldn't because he went with his wife, to Malaysia. So we sent it out, sent out the best, right? And then uh, in a couple uh, weeks, two weeks, next week, we're sending out a couple to Japan. And she just had a baby, and, and so they'll be going over. And then in the beginning of June, Mitchell and Emma. Emma uh, roomed with my daughter, one of my daughters, as her freshman year in college. Uh, and her and, and Mitchell, they met at church. Good place to meet, right? Okay? Don't be looking... Don't be looking in places you don't be looking, okay? Right? If you want good fish, you go to a good fish pond, right? You don't go in some scum lake. I'm just telling you, okay? Where was I? What was I teaching about? Uh, yeah, sending out missionaries, yeah. So anyway, they, they met at church, they got married, and now we're sending them to Myanmar at the beginning of June. Uh, and by the way, as we're going through this, I don't want you to think that... There's got to be some mastermind plan, right? You're going to come to church and Dan's going to stand up and Dan's going to talk about this great plan that we have and, and, and the openings and, and here are all the pegs, squares, and he just, he just wants to get you and boom, plug you in a thing and we've got a great plan, we've got a great vision for your life, right? See, this is something that the Spirit of God moves in each one of your hearts, so you say, oh, Northridge, how did, how did you do this? How did you get Derek? How did you, we didn't do anything. We don't have a strategy. I know that makes people nervous. We don't have any strategy. When Derek said, you want to partner? I knew you were talking about Highland. I said, sure. Right? When, when a couple came from Fall City and said, hey, we would like a service up there. Could we figure out something? I said, sure. Right? See, Dan, is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. And every believer in this room is indwelt by the same Spirit of God. Okay? Does Dan have more? No! The Spirit of God is a person. You can't have more or less of the Holy Spirit. Right? At least I hope that's what you're teaching. <laughs> right? And so the Holy Spirit of God is just as live and active and powerful in your own life, prodding you And so as we go through this, my prayer is that we realize that the mission is all of ours and that we don't even have to plan it out. But I know there's a big thing on figuring out your gifts, your spiritual gifts and exercising them in the church. Okay, okay. I want you to exercise them in the church, but a lot of you might go, I don't know what they are. It doesn't really matter. Just start doing something, right? 
Start looking. This is what, this is what I want us to do. Just keep our eyes open for how the Holy Spirit is leading. Right? Don't structure your life so much, you structure the Spirit right out of it. So, he says he was moved with compassion. So, I take it from the first service. There are not a lot of good cavers here. People that go caving. Okay, yeah, same girl. There you are. Way to go, baby. Right? Why are you here again? You, like, right? So, so, I notice all your friends on that side left, right? Are these all different friends? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, we call caving back east. I'm from Philadelphia. So, if I talk a little fast or get a little, you know, that's, that's, that's some of my accent. But, um, uh, we call it spelunking. Spelunking. Right? Because you're going down into a cave. Do you know what's really cool? This Greek word for compassion is spelunkna. That's where we get it from. So when you read compassion, this was just not like a, oh, I feel bad for them. Hmm. You know, oh gosh, I, you know, we need to pray for them over there. Or if you look at them over there, they need Jesus. <laughs> right? This is a compassion that goes deep down. Now I confess to the first service as well. I, I, I need Jesus to give me this compassion. I don't have it naturally. I just don't. My wife oozes with compassion, right? And I'm like, ah, they made their bed and they're sleeping it. Lead, follow, get out of the way. You know, I'm just like, you know, I, I, and, and, and she prays for me. Um, uh, because I do. I need compassion. You know, us guys, you know. Girls go, they see a spider, they capture it, they like let it out in the yard. You know what I mean? I'm like, kill them all. <laughs> right? Just... I mean, if it gets within 300 yards of my house, it's dead. That's the rule I have, right? So I'm not very compassionate. You know, suffering animal, I just take it out, right? My wife's like, no, no, let's heal. Let's take it to the vet. Take it to the vet. <laughs> right? Okay, so anyway, so, so, but we do, we do need this compassion, this, this thing that, that goes deep. And, and by the way, in, in your outline, right under that first verse, this heart attitude that we do need is compassion. We do need compassion. We have to have compassion on the lost. They are like sheep without a shepherd. They are without Christ. Now, I don't know how many of you have been saved, uh, been a Christian, understood what it means to have a relationship with God through Jesus and all of that for a long time, uh, but you are probably the most susceptible for have not having compassion. And, and so if you're like me, we need to ask God, God, give me a heart of compassion. Help me to hurt for the unsaved. I'll tell you this. If one of my girls had rejected Christ, if one of my girls didn't know Christ, that would, that would drive me with compassion. And I've asked Jesus, I need that compassion. You know, the compassion I have for my grandkids to come to know Jesus. That's the compassion I need to have for the whole world. Even the people that I don't really get along with. And so what's the action there? The challenge that we have is to send. That's what it's saying, to send, to do exactly what you're doing with there. But this should not be a singular event. This should be an event that you're, that you're doing constantly, right? Oh, man, Faith and her husband, they've been great here. Now they're going off to so-and-so. Man, we're losing all our good people. Praise the Lord, if you're losing them for a good reason, Right? Because this is what the body of Christ is to be doing. Inviting them in. Seeing people get saved. Building them up. Equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. 
and then sending them out. So this verse is, I'm not challenging you to go on this verse. I'm challenging you as a church to be senders, to be thinking, not, not, not necessarily even planning, but taking every opportunity. So when a young man says, you know, I'm kind of feeling led to go, good, pack up, we'll equip you, we'll, we'll, we'll support you, get out of here, right? I'm telling you, you know, people say, what's the secret? There's secret to church growth. Well, there's a lot of secrets to church growth. But I'll tell you, one of the things that we have found most effective is a church that sends is a church that grows. It doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, you would think it would be the opposite. You're sending people, and so your church gets smaller. No, no. I'm telling you, we have, over the past 23 years, we've sent uh, 15 people out. Not quite, you know, one every other year. But that's, that's, it's natural. It's dangerous. Careful. Careful. If you go to that sower church, next thing you know, you're going to be in India. <laughs> right? Uh, next thing you know, Jesus is going to call you, don't, don't go to that church. It's dangerous to go there. See, that's what you want. Because there's a lot of people who are tired of living standardized namby-pamby, normal lives. And they want some good God action. And they want a church that is doing something in the mission, not just meeting together. The next verse is a classic one in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. This is the send verse, Right? So God has a message that he wants out and he says, who's going to, who's going to do it? Who's, who's going to go and actually take this message that I have? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. What's the hard attitude? Should be obvious. Willingness. Willingness. To just be willing. That's the blank, right? Willingness. That God, I don't know where you're calling me. Be careful. Stop. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't jump to conclusions until we get to the third verse here. Don't jump to conclusions that I'm thinking or that you're thinking that I'm challenging you to go out of the country or that I'm challenging you to go to Highland, though you are all welcome. (laughs) Right? Right? If you come, that boosts the population by 1%. Right? If you come with your wife, 2%. Right? We could take over the town with this crowd right here. Right? It's funny, but I'm serious. We, we, we'll take any of you. So he says, here am I. Send me willingness. And the action, obviously, <laughs> is to Go. That's the action challenge, is to go. Again, be careful. Just wait for your mind before you shut that off, right? Let's look at this last one. Because this last one, I hope, will really challenge us to not just have compassion and not just have the willingness, but where I'm talking about going as well. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go, therefore. 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. A great promise, a great challenge. There's only one. There's only one command there. You know this, right? Make disciples. It's while you're going. So he's not saying, go, get out of here. He's saying, while you're going, wherever you're going. You're going to be teaching. You're going to be baptizing, right? Right? On a Sunday, right? We teach. We baptize, right? We're going. But the point is to make disciples. Okay, stop. Let's do a little parenthesis here. Because if you're like me, I used to think, yeah, make disciples. What the heck does that mean? Like, what does that really mean? What does it look like? Is it a class? Right? Go to dance class? Six weeks? Ping! I'm a disciple. Right? Right? I mean, is that, is that how it works? Right? I mean, I know some church, I, I really hope, I never checked with you, I hope. You know, some churches have like these checklists. Right? If you do this and this and this and this, you have gone through the discipleship process. Hey, right? Discipleship is a lifelong process. What is it? I wrote it in your outline there. Discipleship. I wrote it somewhere. There it is. Helping one another be more like Jesus. Okay? Can you grasp that? It's pretty easy to grasp. That, that discipling someone is helping them become more like Jesus. In two ways. There are the two blanks. In character, right? We want people to be more like Jesus in character. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control, right? We want them to be more like Jesus. We want us to have the compassion of Jesus, the integrity of Jesus, all of that. We also want them to have the priority of Jesus. Simple. What is discipleship? It's two girlfriends helping each other while they're going through life to be more like Jesus in his character, right? And in his priorities. So what matters to Jesus matters to us. If the unsaved, right, matter to Jesus, he said he came. Why did Jesus come? He came. Don't get confused. Jesus said it. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you ever get confused on why Jesus came, just listen to Jesus, right? Don't listen to the preacher that gives his own ideas, right? You go, Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. If it's lost is important for him, then it's important for me. And so this is our, this is what discipleship is. While we are going. This means that the mission is for all of us. So what is our heart attitude towards? Number one, obedience. Obedience. That we simply obey because it's the command. We are to make disciples. So that means that you're helping someone become more like Jesus. If you're not helping someone become more like Jesus, then you're being disobedient to the mission that God has given us. Okay, we got that? But be careful. Don't let guilt slip in yet. 
Don't let shame come in yet because you're not in China trying to learn a foreign language to tell them about Jesus, okay? What does this mean? It means, the uh, well, the action. Let's talk about the action. You know what? I'm going to wait. I'm calling an audible. I'm going to wait. Let's go to the conclusion. I know I haven't given you number two action challenge yet, but conclusion point number one. The mission is the same for all of us. It's the same for all of us. It's, 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 it's that we're all going while we're going. You can write this. It's to everyone. There's the first blank. Build in to everyone, to everywhere, all the time. Now, for Derek and Shannon, that means they feel led to go to Highland. And while they're going to Highland and while they're in Highland, they're going to meet people. And everyone they meet, they're going to try and share Christ with or or find out if they know Christ or try and just encourage them to be more Christ-like. To everyone, everywhere, and all the time. Everyone, everywhere, all the time. Say it with me. Everyone, everywhere, all the time. Again, everyone, everywhere, all the time. Okay, listen. Okay. You know, we sometimes make the Christian life very complicated. Relationships and, and, and what we believe and, and the Bible studies and, and all that's good, but sometimes the, the Christian life and then, and then we have life, right? Uh, we have car payments. We're, we have insurance. I, you know, I just had an accident. I mean, I didn't, but, you know, you know, how do I do this? I have relationship issues, uh, this, that, the other thing. Life just seems so crowded sometimes. So people say, how, how do you be effective? You be effective by just changing your mindset to say, which by the way is the word repentance, <laughs> To change your mindset to say, okay, my mindset is this. My mindset, Dan's mindset is not to have big church. Right? Mike's, Mike's, you know, dream isn't just to, to have a bunch of people and money. Kind of. (laughs) But see, here's the thing. When I think that the mission is my mission. The mission is your mission. It's your mission. It's your mission. It's your mission. It's your mission. This is our mission. See, then the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, right? As we keep our eyes on Jesus. What does it mean? Keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Well, what it means is I'd stay on mission. I, I, I have a relationship with God. I have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I have the power of the word of God so that I can what? So I can meet everyone, everywhere, all the time. For some of you, your entire mission is with your children, first and foremost. Right? Every mom, every dad, your children are your number one disciples. Don't try and, don't try and reach the world if you're not reaching your own family. Live the life, right? Reflect Jesus' character. Reflect his priority because your kids will pick it up. They will know what's important to you. They'll know whether money is more important because you're always telling them, do this, do this, save this, save this, right? Behavior. 
Behavior versus heart, right? See, if I'm, if I'm discipling, if I'm trying to make someone more like Jesus, but they're misbehaving, sometimes my priority is more for them to behave, especially like when you're in public and, and it's embarrassing, right? If your kid, you know, and so sometimes our priority for them to behave is a lot higher than it is for them to know Jesus. It'd be great. He's got right here. Pew for the Jesus pew. That's an old guy's thing. Chairs right here, right? This row, right? For Jesus. Isn't that great? Now I'm sure they behave perfectly all the time as well. Right? Yeah, I saw you buy the donuts. Yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? Is, is, if this is our constant thing, this will help your marriage. Do you know why? Because husbands, you know what your number one priority and mission in life is? To disciple your wife. Wife, guess what your number one priority is? To disciple your husband. It's all of our mission. To everyone, to everywhere, to all the time. Taking every opportunity to, and this is the, the number two that I skipped, to engage. To engage. Simply look for where God has given you opportunity to engage. If everyone here in this room just paid attention to every opportunity that God had for you to engage while you're going through life with anyone at any place at any time, you would have to have a third service next week. Because God wants to build a church, right? Jesus, Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He wants to build his church, right? He's got the power. He's got the authority to build the church. He has put it in our hands. And our, my constant prayer with our pastoral staff is that we don't screw it up. He wants to move. He wants to move through Sower Church. He wants to raise up some of you to go. He wants to raise up some of you and strengthen you to send. He wants to raise up you to love God and to disciple your kids so that they will grow up. This thing doesn't happen overnight. You know, you look at, you look at even the church at Northridge and you go, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. At like almost 30 years. Damn. You're going to be old in 30 years. Right? But now quit. Right? Right? To everyone, everywhere, all the time. You see, this shouldn't just be an event. Very last line in your outline. It shouldn't just be an event today. This should be our sower's lifestyle. Both individually in your life and corporately as a body of Christ. So whatever opportunity you have, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with your neighbors, if it starts to get a, a little bit out there, come talk to Mike or Dan or, or, or some of the other elders. I just haven't met yet, <laughs> right? Come and talk to them and say, hey, God's leading me here. Hey, I have this opportunity. You never know what's going to happen. The Hagedorns, some couple in Fall City who just thought, hey, can I, could we do something in Fall City? Can I just engage for, for this minute, I, they would have no idea that 10 years later, there would be a disciple-producing church up there. That has already sent out one of their guys to this area, uh, Wesley Farwell. Wesley Farwell, you probably don't know him. 
He's with a, a mission called Ratio Christi. He came from Falls City Church. Who would have, right? So, just look for the opportunities. God wants to grow his church. He wants to grow through you. He wants to be on mission. So let's be on mission together. Father, I pray that you would move our hearts. Make us be willing. Give us that heart of compassion. Help us to engage in what you have for us to do. Just keep our eyes open, God. I pray that the things of this world and the, and the troubles, that they would not affect our eyes being fixed tightly on you. To see, what do you have for me today, God? Change diapers, right? Sing a lullaby, sing, sing some worship songs to my kids. Point their hearts towards you. Or go to the othermost part of the earth. Wherever it is, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, wherever it is, God. I pray that you would incite this church, this sower church, to do what it's named after. And that is to plant seeds from our home to the end of the earth. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.